0: Welcome to the Wolverine Digest podcast, the best spot for objective and authentic coverage of Michigan athletics.
1: If you want open dialogue, honest opinions, and in-depth coverage of the Maize and Blue, this is the podcast for you. And now, here's your host, Brandon Brown joined as always by Chris Bryler.
0: I' was gonna start by saying go blue welcome back mr Bryler. Wednesday again
1: good to see you nightcap here I, just, I feel like this is late man like I was towards the end of the game I was yawning a little bit I you know I got I got some coffee here some caffeine in me it's this, it is one, a, this whole one show a week thing is is a bit of a struggle
0: it is a little late obviously the basketball game um you know with with, with no football it, it feels it feels really like we have to give basketball a little bit of love. When football was going on, we were both like, ah, are they even playing? Do they have a team? I don't know. Like now that football I, like I don't like life without football. I know. Now that football's done though, like it definitely feels like okay, we, we've gotta we've gotta shine a light on basketball a little bit. Um
1: there it is. Yeah. Shout out to the West Coast people who are getting to see us at a decent time here. Hey, there you go. Six forty-four
0: out in Arizona. I know we've got some other people in other parts of the country and the world really. Um so yeah, we'll we'll make it work however we can. Basketball game started at 6 30, so it is what it is. We'll we'll get it going at about 842 tonight here uh for our Wednesday show. And we're we're gonna Oh, uh, does this look red? It's more like a it's more like a it's got a reddish
1: tint to it. It's
0: more like a flowing orange, a an energetic red. orange energetic Um, (laughs) yeah it's an energetic orange actually is this red
1: no it's uh it's energetic orange actually
0: chris i will answer this question perfectly and i know you'll appreciate it um sean bennett why am i wearing this shirt had some running around to do today it matches perfectly Mm. with the reddish orange color on the high-res blue yeezys like perfectly and it's adidas you know so that you know, you know how we, we we and Chris have had some drip discussions. I don't know, you know, we, we don't always see eye to eye, Not but always. Not you know, always. think I like to match my gear with my shoes just a little bit, so that's why. Um, I had a hoodie on. I always get sweaty when I'm talking if I leave a hoodie on, so I got yeah. I got to go t-shirt down here. I got to go t-shirt down here. So there you go. Um, we are gonna do some basketball talk. We haven't done much of it. We haven't done much of it to the point where we're using a video of Juwan Howard talking about nil from like this summer as a lot of our basketball <laughs> videos. So we definitely want to try to yeah. update that a little bit. And, and so we're going to launch into what we just watched. I would assume that most people tuning into us right now also watch the game. Nebraska is not very good. Michigan hasn't been great either, but Nebraska really, dude, they've, they've been blown out like a lot this year. I did a little preview article today talking about the spread. It was 11 and a half. I'm like, Michigan's going to cover that because when Michigan yeah. plays even decent, they're a pretty good team. And Nebraska has been beaten by 15 or more, like, a lot. So now Michigan has won three games in a row. It's technically the second time this season they've done that. But as we were talking about before we started, the first one was to start the season. So it was against Purdue, Fort Wayne, Eastern Michigan, and Pittsburgh, which you'd think Pittsburgh would have been a decent game, but Michigan beat them by 31, and they are god-awful right now. So it, it counts. It counts. That's a three-game winning streak to start the season, but this is the first time they've had it since, and it's obviously during Big Ten play and all that good stuff. So, Chris, how important right now is a three-game winning streak? It's a young team. Now they're playing with a little confidence. Hunter Dickinson kind of settling in a little bit. They did did make some dumb mistakes tonight. Again, bad turnovers against a bad team that let Nebraska cut it back down to like 10 or 9 at some point, but – Feel feel pretty good, right? Right now, about winning three in a row with some with seven regular season games to go.
1: I, yeah, obviously you'll take a win any way you can get it. But anybody that watched, you know, the game tonight, and and Michigan won convincingly. I, I forget what the the final score was, but Michigan won comfortably, twenty points or so.
0: Twenty one point win.
1: Yep. <clears throat> um, I just you know even with a with a comfortable win like that, when you watch the way that they play basketball. Um, you know, it it was clearly tonight was a game of runs and, you know, I don't have it in front of me, but, you know, Michigan with a 17 point run or a 25 or 24 to five point run, Nebraska makes a run. It just, to me, the, the inconsistency with this team. And when you look at the schedule down the stretch, it's great that they've won three games in a row, but prior to this three game, um, winning streak, I mean, you look at the schedule, lose one, you know, so they win their first three, then you lose one, then you win two, lose two, win two, lose two, win two, lose two, win one, lose one, win one, lose two. So I, to me, their overall picture of their schedule and the way the season's gone, you kind of saw that tonight in their game. They look good for a little while, and then they give up Mm -hmm. a lot of points. They get real sloppy. They turn the ball over, and they let a team like Nebraska right back into it. And so when you get against some of these bigger programs – I mean those things are going to spell trouble and and you know to his credit uh Jet Howard phenomenal scorer great individual player I think they've got a lot of really good individual players on this team but I just this it doesn't scream like a team that can make some noise down the stretch certainly not a team that you know if they were fortunate enough to get in the tournament could make it very far so it's a long-winded uh long-winded way of saying uh, it's good that they've won three in a row, but in terms of what it does confidence wise for me for the remainder of the year, it doesn't really do much.
0: I, I just feel like it's kind of a slightly more positive snapshot of what they've been for really like the last two seasons, a lot of up and downs. Some nights they shoot the ball really well. Other nights they, they flat out don't they play against good teams, pretty tough. And then they, you know, like, like I don't know how you beat Maryland by 35 and then lose to that same team. Like I don't know how you do that. And they did that. And
1: yeah. then
0: you know they they lose to just 5 against Purdue, who's the number 1 team in the country arguably. And then they you know they they play Eastern pretty close on a neutral neutral court in Detroit and you're like, "What what is this team?" And then they lose to Central and you're like, I just I just can't get a get a, a read on them. And it was like that last year. The win-loss, win-loss, win-loss for like 15 games in a row. And yeah. they make a little deep run in a tournament because they are talented. They do have a Hunter Dickinson. They do have some guys who can knock down shots if they get hot. They've got the same thing this year. Jet Howard looks like one of the best shooters in the country some nights. Joey Baker mm-hmm. looks like he's just a notch below that some nights. And then other nights, it's just not there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I mean, like, they had won two in a row. Beating Northwestern at Northwestern was a nice win. Now you beat Nebraska by 20-plus, which you should have done. And so the slider moves a little bit to, like, all right, maybe some things are coming together. Peaking in February and March. That's not the worst thing in the world. You see teams do it every year. And maybe Michigan is one of those teams, and we'll see how it continues to go. So my encouragement level is – tempered I mean I'm not I'm not going crazy over a little three-game winning streak but
1: when you say encouragement I mean in, in terms of what like what like what it means for the rest of the season like what what do you what do you feel encouraged by
0: that's that's gonna be the third little chunk of this discussion so I'm encouraged now that Michigan has seven regular season games left they're 14 and 10 and it's not uh it's not a it's not an all-encompassing magic number but if a team can get to 20 wins, you start to talk about them as a tournament team. Generally. I mean, that's like generally where you need to be. I don't think Michigan's going to win out. So I don't think they're going to get to 21 wins. They've got Indiana twice. They've got Michigan state. They've got Wisconsin at the Cole center, which is always a tough place to play. So they've, uh, but on the flip side, those are quality wins that they can pick up quad one wins coming down the stretch here. So that's, that's where my encouragement is like, Two games ago, I'm like, they're they're not beating Indiana either of those times. They're probably right. not gonna beat Wisconsin in the Kohl center. But now I'm I'm encouraged that they might be able to compete and might be able to win two two of four or three of four of those games. Or I mean, dude, who knows? Four of four. Like nobody in the Big Ten beyond Purdue really has dominated people this year. So I I don't know. I don't know if I can like r- you know rank it really, but I'm I'm encouraged that they can win a handful of these final seven and maybe start getting talked about as a potential tournament team. I mean, I I just want them to be in the tournament, dude. The idea yeah. of them missing the tournament blows Do you though? Know?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, I just I don't think they're built to make a deep run and we talked about it, you know, just just a couple minutes ago. It's the inconsistencies, whether it's in-game, whether it's over the course of, you know, a a 15 game stretch. They just they, they don't seem to have a complete team. So even if they are able to squeak their way in, and again, you got Indiana at home and then you go on the road to Wisconsin. And then you got Michigan state at home back on the road at Rutgers, Wisconsin, Illinois close out against Indiana at Indiana, two road games uh, to close out the season. Um, I just, I, I don't see it happening, man. The, the inconsistencies that we saw tonight, the sloppiness, the mental lapses, letting teams back in, you can get away with that maybe against Nebraska but you can't get away with that against Indiana. Can't get away with that against Michigan State. Yeah. But then on the flip side, to to your point what you said earlier, Michigan has a habit of playing to the competition for better or worse. So they get on the court with a team like Purdue and it looks like they can hang with them and they 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 play above, you know, what they've been playing all season and then they get against a team like, you know, maybe against the Nebraska and at certain times they just don't look very good or a Central Michigan if you want to go back earlier in the season. And so you know, again, wins are great. And I'm, I think it's great that they've won three in a row for the first time all season, unless you count, you know, the, to open the year. Um, but when you look at the remainder of the schedule, it just looks really tough, man. And this team looks a little bit too inconsistent. And I just, a lot of times I find myself asking like, who's the floor leader? Like who is, who is the leader of this team? You know, who's the guy that can rally the troops on the floor? And I just, I really don't see that with this collection of guys. I see a lot of guys who individually are pretty good, but they got a lot of work to do before they, uh, before they are a legit tournament team.
0: It does feel like if you took, if you went, like I mean, Michigan had the number one recruiting class in the country just a couple of years ago. If you went, if you go man for man down their roster and compare it to a lot of other teams, like they're right there or better yeah. than just about everybody. But you're right, there's something off with the, with the consistency, the continuity, the chemistry, the flow of, I mean, you know, I don't know where everybody was at on Jalen Llewellyn before he got hurt it wasn't awesome, but like the plan was not to have true freshman Doug McDaniel running this team. Correct. Like, that wasn't the plan. And, you know, I don't know, e- even Juwan as his dad, did he know that jet was going to be such a huge part of the offense and really one of the only guys who can go get a bucket whenever you need one. Kobe Buffkin's coming along a little bit. Hunter can't do it by himself. Cause he has to work himself into position and then, you know, rely on a guard to get him the ball. But, I'm with you. I, I just, I don't know, man, looking at that schedule, it does. I want, I, and I see CJ's comment. I want to be excited and say they're going to, they're getting hot. They're getting hot right now, but yeah, really? like, are they, they just beat Nebraska. Like yeah. they're, they're not good. Um, so yeah, I'm, I mean, I I'm with you. The
1: they're, they're like, it's, they're an okay basketball team. Good. Maybe great. Definitely not. And that's not going to get you very far in the tournament. And again, there's, I just haven't really seen anything out of them that that leads me to believe that they can put it together and, and make a serious run. Glad that they've they've won these three games, but again, you've got uh, Indiana coming up here on Saturday, Wisconsin on the road, Michigan State. You know, the, these these next three games are going to tell you a lot about where this team is in set the tone for the remainder of the schedule, especially with the Spartans at home. So we'll, we'll see it's encouraging three in a row is encouraging for sure, but I'm certainly not going to sit here and get my hopes up and think that this team can, can make a deep tournament run.
0: Yeah. It just doesn't feel like that this year. I mean, whether, it, it, you know, whether or not they make it. Yeah. I was watching the end of the broadcast and Dave Revson was talking about 105 different bracketology people on the giant, you know, whatever metric network, whatever you want to call it. Not one, not one has Michigan in the tournament right yeah. now. So like, that's obviously not a great sign. That's not gospel. And a Michigan team, a team like Michigan can get hot over these final seven. And then shoot, what if, what if they win the big 10 tournament? Then they're in automatically. I mean, I wouldn't bank on that, but like there's ways to get in still. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet any money on it right now. Did you have the <laughs> schedule? I that like money. I know. Well, yeah, I know. I got, I got a bet going right now on the Sixers Celtics game. I don't want to get into it. Um, <laughs> uh did you have a, schedule?
1: a d- degenerate like yourself won't put money on the wolverine <laughs> did,
0: did you have the schedule pulled up i feel like you were looking at it i do have it yeah yeah go get let's go game by game throw them out just a little spitball to put a put a bow on what we think might happen over the final seven regular season games
1: so let's see here you want me to you, you want me to go game by game
0: yep the next one i think is indiana i can't remember if it's indiana home at home
1: on saturday um i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna chalk that up as a loss and then you go on the road to Wisconsin, you know, 50-50. Where's your head at on that? On the road, Madison.
0: I think it's a loss. Damn it, dude. I think it's a loss. And I go. hate that because so, Wisconsin – This isn't like one of the Wisconsin teams of the past where they're just – Right. They, they, you just don't even know how to beat them. You don't know how to approach them or what to do. And I, don't, I feel like they have a better shot winning that Indiana game at home than they do Wisconsin on the road. But I – I'm with you. I think those I think they might after winning three in a row, it might be two two L's in a row coming up here. I don't know.
1: Yeah, and then you got Michigan State at home in prime time. I think that's another loss. So you know, you're you've lost now the next three, and then you got to go on the road to Piscataway, number twenty four Rutgers. Who's um better you, than they've been, been in a long I mean better than, than they've been and it's a it's a late game. So you know You might
0: be you might be talking about four L's in a row coming up here. I mean, like that's probably the more likely. Best case scenario,
1: I think they split. I think they go two and two over the next four. I don't think Michigan
0: will be favored in any of those games.
1: Probably not. No, and then then the last three. So even if they split those four, two and two, then you've got Wisconsin back at home, and then you go on the road at Illinois and then close out the season on the road at Indiana. So out of those next three, there's probably another, you know, I hate to say two losses, but I, I see five
0: losses. I mean, dude, if they... Five and or two and five is probably most likely. Three and four, like I don't know how they finish above five hundred on these final seven. Yeah, that blows, dude. That's uh...
1: well, of course I don't want to chalk MSU up to a loss. I know that you know MSU has its flaws, and and you know, but I can't. I also can't sit here and give you my honest opinion and be like, well, we're just going to win them all. They're going to win five five of the next seven. You know, I, I can't do that based on what I've seen so far. Even if you go back and look at their schedule, they haven't put together a run like that. So could they put it together? Sure, they could absolutely do that. But based on <laughs> who they've been this year, I mean, it's not likely.
0: I'm catching a lot of flack here, dude. This is not red. This is electric salmon. I'm trying, I'm, I mean... Electric
1: salmon? What? what uh, we've already changed. What was it before? You El think Toro I said electric- Orange?
0: I think I said electric orange. Electric I'm orange, trying to find, electric salmon. I'm trying to find something. I don't have anything red. Oh, just go a, shirtless. You got to go
1: shirtless now. This is it. This is the episode.
0: Get the taco. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. We, uh, the viewers would just drop it's a down. Night, it. it's, a,
1: it's a late night show here. We can Ol- go topless.
0: Only CJ would remain. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that would just be to
0: crack jokes. Probably. Probably. Um. Yeah. No. Uh. Yeah. So basketball, you know it's been kind of hard to get behind for a while because football was just rolling and and, on a, on a major level. Yeah. And we were like, all right, you know, when football's over, we'll get, and then basketball just hasn't been, you know, they haven't been very good. I mean, there's no other way to slice it. They haven't been that good. They've been up and down. It's been hard to watch them some nights and not super exciting most of the time, but Um, no, I look, but blank name. Great, great name right there. I, I realized they just had a big win, but it was against Nebraska and their schedule is just tough coming up. I mean, it is, it is what it is.
1: Right. And, and, and look, yeah, they won again by, by 20 plus points. Great win. But if you watch that game there were a lot of things you saw during that game that was concerning. You let a team like Nebraska go on several big runs to get back into it. Michigan makes mistakes, mental lapses, whatever the case is. And so it doesn't give you a lot of courage down the stretch when you look at the schedule over the next seven games. So that's just, you know, that that's where it's at. I would love to sit up here and say, yeah, I think they're going to win six of the next seven, squeak their way into the tournament and make a deep run. But to me, that just doesn't seem like reality. If you look at the way this season has gone, two wins, two losses, two wins, two losses, two wins, two losses, a win, a loss, a win, a loss. That, to me, that's more likely to play out here down the stretch. And when you look at who they have to play and where they have to play them, you know, I think, (laughs) I mean, I think four wins is overly optimistic. That's what I think. I think three is probably most likely and two is the second most likely. I I wouldn't put my money over three.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I am with you. I guess um, that's the question. I mean, do you,
1: you know, would you, would you, if you're, you're a betting man, would you take the over or under on three and a half wins over the next seven?
0: Under. Exactly. Uh, I mean, that's yeah, pretty quick. I mean, because otherwise, you know, they'd have to win four. Like I said, I, you know, to, to have a winning record over these final seven, I just, I it's hard for me to see it. It's hard for me to see it. Indiana twice, including on the road once. At Rutgers, at Wisconsin, like those three, uh, those are really hard games to win. Really hard games, and then you've got the rivalry in Michigan State. You've got Indiana, who's the best team probably out of that group at home coming up this weekend. I, yeah, I don't, I don't see them getting to three to four wins in that group. But we'll, you know, we'll, Have we'll let it play good. out. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I'd love to be wrong really? there. Well, Chris, that that brings us to our our final talking point when it comes to basketball and yeah, is it premature? I don't know. I think it's been floated around out there. You and I have talked about it a little bit. Juwan Howard's job stability, Juwan Howard's I'm not going to say hot seat. It's not hot. You know, I mean, for those out there who have heated seats in your vehicle, it might be like one dot, right? Yeah. How they usually work. You got like one, two or three. Yeah. You like one dot. Jawan's seat is like one dot warm right now is that fair or is that too much is that like ah get out of here
1: i think it's too much man i I think you know if you they've made deep runs in the tournament and i know that a lot of people want to give john beeline credit for Jawan howard's early success and probably a lot of that is justified but you know is it warm i don't know man it just feels it feels premature and it hasn't been a great season but you know if you look at and I know basketball and football are different, but if you look at Jim Harbaugh, the heat really started to turn up after like year four when when things really weren't happening and the team kept coming up short. And so, you know, they've made some good runs and I, and I like Juwan Howard, you know, as a person. I think he's a good coach. And we'll see what the team looks like next year. And if you see more of this next year, then I think the seat starts to get warm. But, you know, for me, it's just I don't know, man. Two weeks ago, you had people talking about Juwan Howard needed to be fired. Juwan Howard's not this. Juwan Howard's not that. And now, you know, they put together three wins and you have people trying to do the math on how they're going to make the tournament and how the season's still alive. And so, to me, the emotions are way too up and down over this basketball season. I think Juwan Howard is fine. I think they'll get their their shit together here, um, you know, over the next year or so. But yeah, college basketball is weird, man. It's a, It's a it's a different sport in in terms of recruiting and, and how things work. And I'm not ready to, uh, to push even give him a single dot on the warm seat quite yet.
0: So, so let me get this straight. You, you, you uh, advocated for us to talk about Juwan Howard on the hot seat. I introduce it, say he's one, one dot
1: hot. And you're like, no, no, he's not. And He's good. <laughs> I don't know what I you're talking. I'm talking. I just flipped it on you. I flipped right. it on. You. Well, here's the thing. The reason I the reason I think it should be talked about is because it was being talked about uh, <laughs> on social media quite a bit. I know. I was know. Struggling. I mean, that was, you know, if, if you looked on social media, fans left and right, Juwan Howard's not it. It's a coaching problem. It's Juwan. It's Juwan. I don't know, man. I, I I'm I just feel like I got to give him more time.
0: Yeah. I mean, there are, there are starting to be, yeah, I did, I got set up, dude. I walked right into that. If this was like, I like,
1: a- I like what, what general said though, that maybe Juwan is holding back something in the playbook. He doesn't want to give it all out here until the last portion of the season here. He's been saving uh-huh. it all for the last portion of the season and, and Michigan's about to open it up on the court. I like that that's, idea of thought.
0: It's everybody's favorite theory when it comes to why things aren't working. It can you do that in basketball?
1: Time. Can you, can you hold back in the playbook those certain special plays for Dickinson that you just don't want to show early in the year?
0: Or like guys who don't even play are just going to be unleashed. Yusef Kayat comes in Isaiah Barnes. All these guys are like, here, they here they come. Surprise, bitches. Here come the real <laughs> ballers. Yeah, here come the real ballers. If yeah. you wanna, you wanna try to try to fend us off now with a bunch of guys I don't normally play. Yeah, Uh-oh, no,
1: I do team.
0: um, Nick, thank you for the uh, the donation. There, Juwan is still a young coach. I think Brandon, thank you again. Set up, walk <laughs> right into that. Appreciate it. Brandon's <laughs> being premature. If next year's like this, then we can start to have the warm seat discussion. Exactly yeah, what I, mean, I said.
1: It's exactly what I, I, I said. I think
0: I think there has st- there, there has been a little bit of a trend in some things that, you know, like rotation wise, Juwan's been a little bit like, ah, I don't get that. And he's obviously struggled to build a, a roster just a little bit. The point guard yeah. position, you know, going from transfer to transfer to transfer, as opposed to like recruiting his own guy and using him and building him up. I mean, you know, that was well, a, that was a huge...
1: Houston and Diabate for a year. I mean, you know, those things. Yeah, don't that, either. that's
0: that's a that's a. That's a, like a pro and a con at the same time. Like he recruited. Is John Howard two... going to be here next year? No, he's he's one and done. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, shocked. That's
1: I'm, like there's, you know, it's it's not easy because you're losing these guys. A lot of these guys are one and done. If they're, you know, significant contributors, and sometimes even if they're not. You know, I didn't view. When Caleb Houston went and when uh, Diabate went, I viewed both of those guys as guys that should definitely return. But I'm just some dickhead in the basement talking on a microphone. <laughs> well, but I, but I feel like they would have been better served to have another year uh, playing college ball. Jed Howard, I could say the same thing. I, you know, I, talented, uh, great individual score. Do I think he would benefit tremendously from another year playing college basketball? Absolutely. Do I think, you know, the fact that his dad is the coach there might help that a little bit? Maybe, but you know, Jawan Howard also understands the way things work and the way the NBA works. And if he thinks his son's got a good shot at being drafted, you know, relatively high, it's going to be hard to convince him to stay.
0: Yeah. And I put up, I put up an article about it yesterday or today. I can't remember actually now where Kobe Bufkin is now starting to pop up on draft boards. I mean, his, his length and versatility as a potential true point guard. I know he doesn't, really play true play the point guard position solely at Michigan but he he can he's got the handle he can shoot it pretty well from the outside I mean there aren't a lot of guards even in the NBA he, and he did it tonight against Nebraska he got a smaller guard on his back caught the ball down on the low block and turned around and went up and dunked it with two hands off a drop step like there's not a lot mm-hmm. of guards doing that you know if you remember back Chris when we were up there for the dunk contest I mean he was you know, he's going through That's the good. legs and he, yeah, I mean, he's six, four, six, five lefty. Like I said, pretty smooth offensively. I think could be a really, really good defender. I'm not sure he's quite there yet, but his length and his athleticism his foot speed certainly lends itself to being a good defender. And so now he's starting to pop up on some draft boards. That was, that was the title of the article was, you know, two Wolverine hoopers are potentially done after this year. Yeah. One being a surprise in Kobe Buffkin and one not in jet Howard. So yeah, like I said, that's like a pro and a con. Like, Juan's recruiting these guys, bringing them in, and then they leave after a year. Like, that sucks for roster development, but, like, all right, your coach just got you an NBA talent type of player for a season, and, like, that's kind of how college basketball works right now. So, yeah, yeah, man, it's a little tricky. It's a little tricky. I I wasn't – I wasn't – t- I, uh, I caught a lot of fl- – I'll put it this way. I caught a lot of flack for having even one, like, remotely critical word about – juan howard when he was hired and like you know he's a, he's a fan favorite he's a fab five tons of experience in the nba i'm like cool he's never been a head coach before and he just got handed the keys to a ferrari like yeah. john beeline had built this program up to one of the top 10 programs in the entire country year in and year out and i'm like if he didn't play at michigan he's not getting that caliber of a job and people just thought i was nuts and you know He won a big 10 championship in year one. So then I was like, well, I'm an idiot. I mean, like, of course I was wrong, but now some of the things I was a little concerned about seem to be popping up a little bit. I'm not saying like, uh, I told you so. Like, I don't want Jawan Howard to leave, but it, it definitely seems like he's fun to cover. He's a good dude to talk to. He does recruit talented players that play an exciting brand, but there's been some things that have just been a little bit off. And, you know, he's in year four now. And the trajectory is kind of doing this as opposed to this. And that's not usually what you like to see, even though he is a young coach and he's only been doing it for, you know, not even four full seasons yet. So I don't know, Chris, if they don't make the tournament, if the Michigan basketball team doesn't make the tournament, whatever that means for the NIT or something else like that, where, where will you be at the end of this season, getting ready to head into his fifth year as Michigan's head coach?
1: Pretty much I think you kind of
0: said it. I think you said it might be a little warmer, but like not
1: maybe. Not but a whole yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at right now, man. I just i I think, um, you know, to to your point, yeah, he's never been a head coach before. He's a young guy, and you know, John Beeline obviously had the program up and running and and humming the the way that Beeline wanted the program built. And Juwan Howard's a different guy with a different philosophy, and so. You know, if if we were willing to be patient with with Jim Harbaugh, then I think we got to be willing to be patient with Juwan Howard and kind of let him, you know, give him some time to get this thing right. And it's not like he hasn't had any success. I mean, they, you know, they've made the Sweet Sixteen. He, they, they've had success uh, with him leading the way, win a Big Ten championship. So, yeah, I, I think it's a, a little bit premature.
0: Are we? Was were you willing to be patient with Jim Harbaugh? Because
1: I, I, I was really wasn't. The first, I was for the first. Four years and then year five I, I lost my patience
0: after 2020 I was like done I'm, I'm had it yeah, get I, them out
1: I, and 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 if and if a lot of people out there are being honest they were there too you know there yeah. was a there was a very small segment of you know the fan base that was like no 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 just give it time give it time because nobody saw 2021 coming maybe with the exception of Jim Harbaugh himself but you know, it was an incredible turnaround and, and, you know, the, the rest is sort of history. You look at 2021 and 22 and it's been great. So I think, you know, it's, it's a good thing that they kept him, but it's, you know, everything, when you have the luxury of hindsight, that's, that's great in 2020, we didn't have that. And it was year after year of coming up short. And so again, I I don't think Juwan Howard is there.
0: Yeah. So speaking of the, the head football coach, um, we we talked about it, Chris. I know it feels it's kind of hard. Like I, I try to th- sit back and remember, like, what did we last talk about? It was a week ago and the week before that we skipped one. So we're not going to we're not going to beat the dead horse again. But here we are now approaching mid mid February spring football, a couple weeks away. The spring game. So less excited than two for spring away.
1: football, spring game. I mean, it's not that far away.
0: Yeah, it's it's not that far away. I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about we saw some of the workout things happening. Some numbers have been leaked out there, some videos some stuff like that. We'll talk about that more as the as the weeks move on and some articles and stuff like that. But Jim Harbaugh now, obviously at Michigan, he's here. He's back. I talked about it on Jamie Morris's radio show today. I talked about it here before where you know, he put out the statement where he's like, oh, don't not try don't try to outdo happy or whatever. I don't remember the exact quote, but he said, you know, don't try to out happy, happy or something like that. And I'm thinking, like, did he, did he still not say he's coming back to coach for sure? Like, is that, am I crazy? And then we talked about the Broncos thing where he apparently had another meeting, but it looked like it was more from the Broncos side. But it still happened and, like, just all this back and forth. So, like, th- this is just what what happens now, right? You can't believe him anymore. About like, never, not doing it again, Ward. Meanwhile, where is Ward Manuel? He's still...
1: He put just- out some sort of statement. It, was, it, it wasn't it was about football specifically, I don't think. But he is alive. I did see him put out some sort of <laughs> statement about... I think all it right. was about all sports in general or what they've done across the board. So it was good to hear from him.
0: So glad, glad to see Ward Manuel still out there doing his thing. But so now, like, is this just... This is just what you get. This is part of the Jim Harbaugh package. Every January, February... And I know it's been that way ever since he came back because he was so good in the NFL. But for the last two and three years, if you you want my opinion, he's been actively trying to get back to the league. I don't really know about the years before that when, I mean, literally, there are like screenshots out there of like every single year when the football season got over with, it was like, Jim Harbaugh back to the NFL. Jim Harbaugh might be up for this job. The last three years, it was real. We know it was real. Two for sure. Is this just what you get now with Jim Harbaugh. Cause he's dude, they're going to win 12 or 13 games again. He's going to be in the discussion for coach of the year. Again, there's going to be open NFL jobs again. I mean, it's just going to be lather, rinse, repeat until he hangs up the whistle. I mean, that's just what I feel like.
1: I don't think so, man. I honestly feel like this was the last, um, you know, if, if you subscribe to the idea that he was still, Willing to take a look, which you know, there it's clear that there was some interest. Now, I think two things can be true at once. I think that there was some interest from him to return to the NFL after this last season, but I also think that there was a bigger part of him that wanted to stay at Michigan, but there were some things at Michigan that needed to be fixed, needed to be worked out. And so, you kind of live in a world where you're, you know, you're entertaining your opportunities, but Given the fact that he's coming back to Michigan, probably going to start, you know sign a long-term deal, lucrative deal, going to be if not you know should be the highest-paid coach in the Big Ten, one of the highest-paid coaches in college football. I just don't think that from his side, this is going to become an issue. Now that doesn't mean that there's not going to be reports, you know, come January of of, of this year that you know, Harbaugh to this NFL job or Harbaugh that like, I think those things are still going to happen and that's going to be part of having him as head coach as, as Michigan fans are now well aware of, but in terms of interest from his side, taking meetings, having discussions with these teams, I don't think it's going to happen, man. I feel like this was the last year and I feel like it's, you know, he's made a decision now at this point to remain at the university of Michigan. That's how I feel.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't really know well, we've talked about it. We've, we've talked about how the NFL is not hiring dudes like Jim Harbaugh. They're hiring dudes like Sean McVeigh and, yeah. you know, these, these, these young guys that are, you know, Nick Sirianni and got, you know, the, I, well, I take that back. The Broncos just, <laughs> the Broncos just hired Sean Payton, who is a, a very similar in age to Jim Harbaugh actually. Yeah.
1: But, but he's also, he, you know, he hasn't been out of the league for a decade. Yeah. I
0: mean, so, yeah. Every year that Harbaugh stays at Michigan is another like push away from the NFL. I, I agree with saying. you on that. Um, but he is, he he's going to be really good again next year. Michigan's going to win a lot of games. He's going to, he's going to look like one of the more accomplished head coaches in the country for the third year in a row. I mean, it's playoff or bust at this point with this program. And I think they're going to be right back in the mix and that's going to get some attention. Now, n- now, as, as we look in, and kind of look back and, see these teams that have been like all the jobs that I thought made the most sense for Harbaugh have now been open and he hasn't gone there. So like it was the bears, it was the Colts. It was, he had a connection with some people at the, at the, uh, the Vikings. He's uh, knows the brain trust or whoever, whatever. I don't know the exact titles, but a bunch of people at Denver from his days at Stanford. So It, it kind of feels like, all right, if it wasn't any of those teams, it's probably not going to be anybody else. The Raiders, Al Davis and the Davis family from his first gig as a coach. So yeah, it kind of feels like if, if there were five or six ships that he could have been on, they've all kind of sailed. And so I guess we'll see, but I think the same things that make him intriguing to the NFL are going to be the exact same things next year.
1: Here's what I'll say. <laughs> I, I just, I can't, after after these last two years, I can't see a scenario where he takes another meeting with an NFL team. That would just as you off like my, taking off my taking off my, you know, uh, supposed to be impartial. And you know, when you cover the team, and and you know, you kind of lose your fan. As a fan, I would be, I would just, I would be pissed off if he took another meeting with an NFL team because, like you said. Michigan's probably going to be favored in every single regular season game they play uh, this upcoming season, including Ohio State at home. You know, they go on the road, they play Penn State late in the season. I think that's going to be a difficult game. But when you look at the, the makeup of this roster, when you look at the coaching staff, especially some of the, you know, the newer additions that have come out, I think they are primed to make another playoff run, to make it three straight wins over Ohio State, three straight Big Ten championships find themselves right in the playoffs again. And we talked about this on the phone not too long ago that, you know, I don't think there is a dominant college football team out there. There isn't, you know, the, the Bama's of, you know, the recent past, the Clemson's of the recent past, the way that Georgia kind of was last year and, to a certain extent, the way they were this year. They're the closest
0: thing to it, but it's not like Bama from five, six years ago. Yeah.
1: So to me it sets up really nicely for Michigan to make a deep run, get back into the playoff and to actually get themselves to the national championship game. And if they can do that, I think they're going to have as good of a shot as anybody at actually winning the national championship. That's why look (laughs) three years ago. I mean, shit, we were on this podcast. Um, Heading into the 2021 season, I specifically remember I picked what, uh, eight and four regular season record. I
0: think you said nine and three, and or I was nine hitting, and three. I was in the slurp button, and it was very fast.
1: It was the idea that this program would win nine games, was you know, it was it, it seemed like a pipe dream, you know, no, you guys weren't buying into it, and now here we are, and we haven't really put out our official picks yet but I can tell you for a fact that you and I are going to pick them to win every single game. Now I did write an article where I do think they're going to lose one regular season game. I do think that's going to happen. They've got a tough stretch where they, they play five road games out of seven games. There's a seven game stretch where they play five games on the road And you're talking about at East Lansing, at Happy Valley. I mean, they've got to go to some tough environments. And so I do think they drop a regular season game, but I don't think it prevents them from winning a conference championship. I don't think it keeps them out of the playoff. And in fact, I do think they're going to win a national championship. And so that just speaks to how far this program has come in such a short amount of time. And and like I was saying earlier, I don't think there's another juggernaut program out there that can stop Michigan from you know, this, this path that they're going to be on in 2023, they are bringing back a lot of talent, arguably the best offensive line in college football. To me, I I don't even think it's a question that they got the best duo in the, in the backfield with Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. You've got JJ McCarthy who, you know, pro football focused college just ranked as one of the top 10 returning quarterbacks. He's got a year of experience under his belt, tremendously talented. And then you go over to the defensive side of the ball, Chris Jenkins, Top 10 uh, defensive linemen, according to Pro Football Focus. Mike Sainer, still. Will Johnson. You know, guys like Junior Cole. I mean, you have a ton of talent on the defensive side of the ball. Offensively, they look stacked. I just don't think anybody's going to be able to stop Michigan this year. Pulled it out, showed it to you. I really I <laughs> Did really didn't miss- even answer your question. I can't even. I kind of blacked out there. I don't even remember what you asked. Blah,
0: you just came back. You were like,
1: <laughs> yeah. Michigan's Blah. winning it all. <laughs>
0: um i I really miss i'm looking at the i just missed the drop board dude i mean i I promise i'm not going to spend a lot of time on my torso here (laughs) i I really
1: just can you flip it on to use your drop and then flip it back off it it uh, it changes my it changes the way i hear things
0: such a puzzling question (laughs) all right i'll turn it back off now i just i gotta i gotta do it if i screwed up your audio chris i apologize but I looking at some of the buttons again, and I, I really, I really missed it. Um, what were we talking about? Yeah. So Michigan I'm saying. Blacked out Michigan's pretty good at football. They're going to be good at it again. Yeah. Of the, we talked about this, man, the, of the four playoff teams, only one has a returning quarterback and that's Michigan and JJ McCarthy. And he looks poised right. to be better than ever before. He's going to have a whole off season of like, I no am Dutton, no Stroud, man. No
1: Bennett, you know, JJ McCarthy.
0: I'm the man. no more Cade no more am I the starter am I not no more I'm starting here. he's starting there. he's the guy and he knows he's the guy and he's gonna be working with all of his dudes and it's gonna be I'm telling you man they're they're gonna be poised to have another massive run this 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 upcoming season and getting Ohio State back in Ann Arbor back at the big house where I don't know man it just feels like
1: feels hold like on really so times. so for a Pistons fan no not not handing them out just like that. I mean, again, look at the roster when it comes to Blake Corum, you could make a strong argument that if Corum doesn't get injured, I mean, it's almost certain that he finishes with the most rushing yards last season in college football. And there's a pretty good chance. If you look at who won the Heisman trophy, that Blake Corum not only would have been invited to New York, but he, he may have won it, had a good shot at actually winning it. So you've got a Heisman trophy candidate for sure. And Blake Corum returning, You've got JJ McCarthy, who again is one of the top quarterbacks in college football. I know he didn't have the greatest game against uh, TCU in the semifinal, but he did a lot of things that looked promising too. He he didn't get in the tank when he made some mistakes. Came back, threw some beautiful balls. Make sure you save <laughs> save that as a drop. Um, you know, so there's a, there's a lot to like about it. a true dual threat, a guy that can get out and burn a defense with his legs. I I like this team offensively. I like this team defensively. They have, like I said probably the best offensive line in college football. When you go through it piece by piece and you look at this roster top to bottom, I think they have one of the most complete teams in all of college football. And so, no. And, and you know, to, to the other part of your statement there about the SEC recruiting, that isn't going to mean shit in 2023. I mean, Michigan has the team now to win a yeah. national championship. And so, yeah, you might see some, some effect of it down the road. You might see it, you know... 2024, 2025, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But then again, give Michigan credit for the way they've utilized the transfer portal brought in surefire guys that are probably going to start. They've got experience. I mean, you're talking about guys with 20 plus starts under their belt playing division one football. You know, one of the top centers in the country, they went and got out of the transfer portal. So I don't know. You can't just look at recruiting rankings. And and when it comes to this season in particular, recruiting rankings don't mean shit. It's who they have now and who they have now. They've got a lot of guys that are arguably the best at their position. on yeah. both sides. Of the
0: um, Apologies. Not trying to ignore the Steve Deese burner account for the, for the super <laughs> chat. Like, look, if we don't get to it right away, I'll, I'll come back to it. He's I just, I'm sorry, dude. Don't be upset. I'll well, and it's just a, it's such a hard hitter too, let me tell you. Oh my
1: goodness. Just,
0: Chris, where can he get the hoodie?
1: You can get it at uh oh my god, wingedhelmetgear.com. wingedhelmetgear.com. You can go on there and get one of those hoodies.
0: I explained I why Brandon. I don't wear a hoodie, I start to sweat. And and sweats. He's
1: he's you know. he's 1 degree away from being topless on the show. Well, so don't turn up yeah. the heat. actually. But yes, you can go to you can go to wingedhelmetgear.com and get yourself a sweatshirt.
0: <laughs> yeah um yeah so we talked about we talked about jim harbaugh and his flirtation with the nfl and how it's affected the current team which we learned from mozzie smith maybe not that much at all recruiting don't care. i can get on board with it affecting recruiting a little yeah. bit recruits want to know who their head coach is going to be and not only that but if a head coach leaves there's a pretty good chance that the assistant coaches also leave so like it's a much bigger deal on the recruiting trail and that's where chris is point is valid like you're not going to see it in 2023 the pieces are here but this 18th 19th 20th ranked class will start to pop up in 24 25 26 you know when these guys which doesn't matter with the, the program that's that's, that's certainly I think I've made that
1: transition now where it's like what michigan nationally was number 18 in recruiting rankings number three in the big 10 and then you factor in the guys that they nabbed out of the transfer portal and i think they did just fine like i'm not i don't know it's it, it, Today's college football is different in in terms of what you can do, you know, in in the portal. And I think people have to take a, a better look at it. And it seems like Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan coaching staff are, are pretty focused on that. Because if you look at the guy, I mean, Olu, the best center in the country last year, came from the transfer portal. They're doing a phenomenal job in landing guys in the transfer portal that legitimately want to compete for national championships. So. I'm not all that worried about recruiting rankings. you'd you'd like to see it be a little bit higher, but if you can go out and you can nab guys, I, mean, I think Brandon on one of the previous shows, you you equated them to being like six or seven stars. You know, these are guys with you know, in the teens of starts or twenty plus starts who have been very good at their position, starters. If you can bring them onto your roster and plug them in and they fit within the culture and they can be make an immediate impact, I you know that's to me there's so much more value in that than than anything you might get on the recruiting trail.
0: I mean I I know he left so he's not the best example now but like how would you grade if he if you're looking at him as a new player in your program like an Iabi Oki like he was a five star coming out of high school yeah. now he's got 3 years of college experience he's played he started he's accumulated stats he's older he's wiser he's been in the Strength and conditioning, like that's a six or seven star recruit. That's I what I meant you, by saying that
1: Charlotte, you're happy to have him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah, he, certainly at a place like Impact that. player.
0: You yeah, know, so. so Olu was was that guy. Mike Dana a couple seasons ago was a very productive player. Mm-hmm. I mean, several transfer quarterbacks that played under Jay Jim harlow Jake Ruddock, yeah. and
1: go. You know, you can go back a while,
0: and now it's even now it's even more prevalent. And this year. I mean, dude, when you look at the seven or eight guys, however many it was that they hauled in, you could see three of them. You could see three of them start on the O-line. Realistically, Ernest Hausman might come in and be the best linebacker on the team. And I love junior Colson, but Hausman was even more productive at Nebraska. So like, you know, what's, what's that going to look like? Um, the backup tight end backup quarterback for depth. And you know, all of a sudden you're kind of off and running. I don't think Michigan's done either. I think they you know, they were kicking the tires with that cornerback that committed to Ohio state would have been really nice to pair him up with Will Johnson. Didn't happen, but yeah. So Michigan's still kind of looking to build the roster cares that and you've way. you have got Marion
1: Walker primed well, and ready to take over that position. Blazing Listen, speed. I didn't know how much we were
0: going to get into that because I know you're going to do a little bit with it, but um, we'll do that at the end. We'll do that at the end. Cause there's a couple other things I want to get into yeah. that kind of go in order with this. So we talked about Harbaugh. Meanwhile, He might be dinking around a little bit. Oh, the Broncos. Cool. Let me check some stuff out. But he's making some good moves. He hired Campbell, Kirk Campbell, the the quarterbacks coach. We talked about him last week. I like it on the surface. Still don't know a whole lot about him. And you're not going to until we get a chance to talk to him. And we see how involved he is. We hear what the players have to say about him. We see if anything looks different on game day or at spring ball or whatever. But on paper, I like it. Offensive coordinator, former play caller, coached quarterbacks before, and is apparently a decent recruiter. That's better than Matt Weiss came to the table with. He didn't have any of that stuff. No doubt. He'd never coached quarterbacks before. He was not a recruiter. He was kind of weird. And he was an NFL guy. He wasn't even a college guy. So on paper, I like Kirk Campbell more. So that was last week. Now we find out today that Michigan has rehired Chris Partridge. We don't know the role yet. I think it just said football staff on his yeah, like, nothing, official release.
1: Nothing official yet.
0: And it's a little bit strange because Michigan is full. They have all 10 assistant spots filled up. So I find it hard to believe that Chris Partridge would leave his – well, he got fired – but would leave his post as a DC and come to Michigan as an analyst. There's There's plenty of programs out there who would take a dude like that and make him their coordinator. So that means someone's probably on the way out. Now, this isn't like – speculation in a weird way but george Hilo has been mentioned among some people as a potential defensive coordinator i don't think mike hart's going anywhere now at this point but he looked at a head coaching job earlier in the year i said this on jamie morris's show earlier today like jim harbaugh was like damn near shoving sharon moore out the door he was being so (laughs) complimentary of him it looks like he's staying put now but like for a while there i'm like jim like he's pretty good dude will you shut up a little bit like you know, tongue in cheek, obviously, but he was so complimentary of Sharon that we were almost like, "Dude, like, is he is is Harbaugh like planning on leaving already, and Sharon's going to take over, whatever, whatever the case may be." The Partridge hire, Chris. Now, I used to cover recruiting when yeah. Partridge was kind of doing this thing, and he was a killer on the recruiting trail. Got down into SEC country, tons of roots in New Jersey. I'm curious to see what that looks like moving forward, but as a whole. I, it's it's all good, right? I mean, there's nothing bad you can say about bringing that dude back.
1: No, I mean, had a hand in you know, guys like Rashawn Gary, Jabril Peppers. I mean, some, you know, some of the top players to come to Michigan and, you know, culture guy, energy guy, players seem to love uh, having him around. And so, you know, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a net positive, no matter how you look at it from, from every single angle, getting Chris Partridge back. Cause when he left, it felt like a big loss. Like I remember that when, you know, when he took the old Miss job, it was like, damn, that's one of the top recruiters that Michigan has. And now to have him back, it feels like it's, it's Michigan, you know, taking another step forward to try to get better on the recruiting trail. And there's a lot of people out there that are concerned with some of the positions that he might be able to help with. So yeah, very very glad he's back in Ann Arbor. There's no doubt.
0: Yep. So Steve Dees Burner, here we go. Right out this. You right within the immediately. Minute, the new coaching hires' success on the field next year will result in a significant bump in the recruiting for Michigan moving forward. With the exception, Jim doesn't twerk. If he's been twerking for the NFL, <laughs> then maybe that's Wouldn't why he's not getting the job. I don't know. Wow. But uh, yeah. I I mean, I want to believe that. I really want to believe that, but there are certainly some issues with NIL still that's leading to Michigan, not being able to land some of these guys. And I touched on this before too, the offense that Michigan runs just doesn't lend itself well to landing the, the top, top flight recruits in the country. And I've said this, the recruiting rankings are skewed towards the skill guys, wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks make up like a bulk of the higher rated guys. Now, of course, there's tons of high rated corners and DNs and all there's all across the board. But like guys who get the ball and put up a ton of numbers in high school, it's real easy to make them highly ranked recruits. And Michigan just isn't going to get a lot of those guys. They're just not. Now, why they're not landing top flight running backs, I'm not really sure. We've talked about this before. But receivers and quarterbacks, I mean, Dante Moore is now out at UCLA. Jaden Davis has been handed a pen and a paper for months to sign his, you know, to sign up with Michigan and he won't, and you can't really blame him at this point. I mean, like five-star high school quarterbacks don't want to throw 18 touchdowns. They just don't. And so there's a little bit of that involved as well, but it's like, we just talked about, like if you can supplement your active roster with the portal and develop enough guys as recruits to where you never really have any of these gap years we, I mean, we might be seeing a complete evolution in roster building in college football and Jim Harbaugh might be out in front of it. I don't know if other teams are doing it as well, but Michigan's now been to the playoff two years in a row, beat Ohio State two years in a row, won two Big Ten championships, and is doing it with key guys that they got just that year from the portal. And I think they're about to do it again. So I don't know, man. I mean, it just feels like he's got something figured out that I don't know, like Jimbo Fisher certainly doesn't have it figured out. I can tell right. you that, yeah. right. you know, there's yeah. some guys out there who are really struggling with this.
1: I mean, we, we've talked about it, that if you are, you know, if you're one of the top wide receivers in the country, I'm I'm just not sure why you would want to come to the university of Michigan, just based on the way the offense is. But if you're one of the top running backs in the country, if you're a top offensive lineman, top tight end, you know, any of the defensive positions, then then to me, Michigan makes sense. And at the end of the day, when you boil it all down, the way that Jim Harbaugh is running things is working. They've been the best team in the big 10 for the last two years, championships, beating Ohio state, getting the college football playoff. That's what it's all about. And so if you, you know, if you, if they don't need to recruit top flight wide receivers in this type of offense, I mean, That's if you can get, I mean, for point, uh, Marianne Walker was, wasn't he a three star?
0: Uh, I'm Correct. pretty sure he was a four-star.
1: Was he a four-star? I yeah. thought I saw he was a three-star. Well, I mean, he certainly way.
0: was a four-star,
1: yeah. Yeah, so I mean you, you don't necessarily need uh, Ronnie Bell. I mean the Michigan's top receiver last year. How many stars did he have? How many offers did he have? And Two then look stars, what he turned, one offer. <laughs> look what he turned into. And so uh, I'm at a point now <laughs> I've, I've like I said, I'm 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 a, I'm a, I'm a born again where I, I trust in the process of what Jim Harbaugh is doing. The way he's building the roster feels like they've got some things figured out and it's really hard to question it from, from the way they recruit to the coaching hires that he's making now um, to the way that they run the offense. I know the it spent the last two years for the majority of the first part of the season, pounding the table that this offense can't work. You've got to change it. You've got to do things different. And, Again, when you're when you're beating Ohio State and winning Big Ten championships, to me, anything beyond that feels like icing on the cake. And this program's even to a point now where a loss in the college football playoff semifinal feels like it wasn't enough. Yeah, it wasn't enough, and that just speaks to how far this program has come. And so, yeah, I I, I don't question it at all. To me, it, the recruiting rankings, I'm not worried about. I, I don't question Jim Harbaugh's methods at this point. It's working
0: interesting question here chris but as two sneaker heads i think we can both jump on it real quick we don't have to spend a lot of time but cs wants to know Reebok classic sneakers no air force ones or nike waffles it's
1: forces give me air force ones I don't, I don't all don't the- even know what the hell nike waffle joggers are
0: well those are one of the original pairs that were made back in the day with an actual like waffle iron they've got that pattern on the bottom more like a track shoe but no idea Yeah, the Air Maxes might have that waffle bottom. I'm not sure, which I got a pair of those upstairs. Anyway, yeah, forces, (laughs) preferably black ones, all black forces for nefarious activities. That's what that's all about right there. Um, All right, we're going to we're going to finish up with this, Chris, and we kind of just did it, but this was something like on a smaller scale that you and I both. I don't know, eight, nine weeks kind of fine before we finally just accepted what things were. And I was talking about this with Jamie and them on the show today too. They'd kind of just asked flat out, like, is anything wrong with Michigan's program right now? And I just started kind of going into, it. I said, well, you'd rather your quarterback coach not get arrested for like criminal uh, computer crimes and get fired. You'd probably rather your head coach not flirt with NFL teams year after year after he said he's not going to. You'd probably not you'd probably rather not be under NCAA investigation with penalties looming. You'd probably not have an NIL program waffling around in the darkness when you should be one of the best programs at it in the country. And you'd probably not, you know, not expect to have a class recruiting ranking uh, be ranked in the I don't know where it finished, 18, 19, 20, 21, somewhere in there after the two-year run that you're just having. All of those things, not ideal, yet everything feels fine and Michigan's going to whoop ass again next. It's like the weirdest dynamic of anything I've ever covered. Now, granted, I haven't been doing this for 50 years, but I'm coming up on a decade now, and this is just bizarre, dude. It's bizarre across the board with how Michigan can't get out of its own way these little stupid things keep happening and yet they just kind of seem to be rolling along and they are going to be dominant again next year. It's, it's, it's just weird. I don't know how else to explain it.
1: That's why I, none of that stuff you like when you went down the list, none of it matters to me because when I look at the schedule, I think they're going to win maybe with the exception of one every single game during the regular season. I think they're going to win another conference championship, Like I said earlier, I think they're going to win a national championship. I know that I think CJ asked the question in the comments, you know, Harbaugh's process, obviously good enough now to win the big 10, but can it win them a national championship? And I think it can. I think there's some things that they can improve on from last year. Um, But I, I, I don't want to sound like a broken record here. Look at the roster defensively. Look at the roster offensively. Look at the experience, the guys that they have returning, the guys that they went and got out of the portal. This, to me, feels like easily one of the top teams in the country. And probably preseason, they're going to be ranked, what, number three at worst? That's where I'm at, number three at worst. When you look at who they have coming back, I can't see them below number three.
0: Could you not? I think they should be number two.
1: That's where I think they should be. Georgia, I think they should be number two
0: behind Georgia. Like, I guess in theory, you could say maybe, you know, maybe TCU because they beat, but like TCU is not going to be as good next year. That was a fluky run they had this year and Max Duggan's gone.
1: So the only thing I could see is maybe you throw Bama back up there, like we talked about. I think we talked they about they didn't it on even the
0: phone. they didn't even make the playoff, and now they don't have Bryce Young. So well, but they're
1: Bama. I know they're, they're Bama, big. and they're Nick Saban, and and that's just kind of how things work. But I don't I don't think Michigan's going to be at like I said. At worst, they'll be ranked number three. Probably should be ranked number two, and, and they're going to spend the vast majority of the season with right that there. ranking. Yeah. So how do you
0: how do you justify putting in Ohio State ahead of Michigan because they like that, That's going to be talked about this, too
1: unless you're just I, you don't
0: you don't you can't Mac Kirby I also brought up USC to Chris I don't Chris what you were you were putting something together and I mentioned USC as a team to kind of keep an eye on Yeah, out. it was the
1: five what was it five reasons Michigan's gonna win the national chamber five predictions for next year I think that's what it was five predictions for 2023 and my final prediction was that Michigan was gonna win um, the national championship, and 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 one of the reasons that we talked about was because JJ McCarthy is the only quarterback who right. played in the college football playoff that's coming back. You mentioned how USC uh, USC could be a player. I certainly think they could, but
0: they got a lot of talent. They're bringing back Caleb Williams. They do. I mean, that's that's where it, do. you know that's where it goes. But yeah, I, uh, I we we've done it on previous episodes. You try to go down the list, and you can't really find a weakness on this Michigan team. Starting no. corner. Like, that is literally it, dude. That's literally the only spot on the field where you're like, not real sure. I'm not real sure what that's going to look like. Everywhere else, set. The O line, we don't know which five, but like, do they go like 10 deep? I saw somebody tweeted today somewhere. I think it was just a random person was like, Michigan's second string offensive line could start for a lot of Big Ten teams. And that's like, dude somebody out of ladarius henderson miles hinton carson barnhart trente jones two of those guys are not playing next year that's bananas so yeah I, i i don't know how i don't know how you uh i don't know how you pencil. i know you said a loss will come i don't know really i know you were trying to be bold and just find something it's not a it's not a it's not a crazy reach to say that they imagine might but
1: even that's crazy to me. Think about that, that predicting Michigan to lose just one regular season like, game. People are at a point where they're like, wow, oh, no, there's no way. And, and I mean, true. three years ago, you know, the idea that they would win every single game you were, you know, you were a, a complete slap who was slurping on the pole or whatever the hell that, you know, whatever the wow. phrase, whatever the phrase was, that was used one so, hour and one minute. Listen, I just I think I think Michigan is stacked top to bottom. Really <laughs> excited to see them the spring. Really excited to see them compete in the fall. I do think the loss unfortunately comes in Happy Valley. I think it comes at Penn State. You're talking about a late season game. It's probably going to be in primetime. Michigan's going to be ranked number 2 if not number 1 at that point. You're going to go to Happy Valley. It's going to be a whiteout night game primetime type deal and, you know, the if Michigan does stumble, I think that's where it happens. And again, that game occurs in the midst of a seven-game stretch where five of those are on the road. And you're talking yeah. about going to Minnesota. I don't have it in front of me, but they got to go play in some tough environments.
0: Tough stretch. Tough stretch for sure. At Minnesota, at Penn State, at Maryland?
1: At Maryland, yeah.
0: And then Michigan State is also in there, obviously. At
1: Michigan State. So that's what it is. It's it's at, and I don't know if it's in order, but at Michigan State, at Minnesota, at uh, Penn State, at what now I've lost it, Maryland. Maryland, there you go. Yeah, I was there, there was one a, more in there?
0: There was one more, pretty tough one. If I'm not, Let me mistaken. Just pull it up. anyway, well pull it up. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a tough, that's a tough seven game stretch when you've got five of them on the road. At least burner account, thank you tonight, man. Really appreciate it. I think Michigan has over a 35% chance of legitimately winning a national championship in 2023. And over a fifty percent chance of making the national championship, I do too. They're going to be favored in every game for the first eleven, and probably should be favored against Ohio State for the first time in a long time. Um, After here, here's
1: the stretch, just so that I have it in front of me. So it starts at Nebraska, at Minnesota, then you play Indiana at home, then you go on the road, play at Michigan State, back home versus Purdue. And then you're at Penn State, at Maryland, close out the season at home against Ohio State.
0: Yeah, that at Nebraska game is really interesting now too with Matt Rule and a new system. And yeah, at Nebraska,
1: you know, at Minnesota, home against Indy, and then at Michigan State. I mean, Mich- Nebraska. And Nebraska, gave,
0: Nebraska gave Michigan some a fit here and there with old Dink Scott Frost running the show. So like, <laughs> so you get back into Lincoln, you get back into that stadium with yeah. with a new regime and somebody who's proven to win that that could be that could be tricky. But you know,
1: can we just talk about that a little bit this whole big noon bullshit? I I know that there are a lot of people that love these noon kicks. I I don't. I mean, did Michigan even have a 3:30 kick this last season? Uh, not that I can remember. I if if they did, it was it it, it was one at most cuz I can't remember. I I mean, I am I am over the big noon shit. And if Michigan, I, I would like to see Michigan go on the road in happy Valley, play them at night in a whiteout to me. That's, that's part of what makes college football great. And Michigan, I, like I said, is going to be ranked high. I would hate for that game to be a noon kickoff. Yeah. Don't do dude, that to me.
0: It will be there. Can you imagine, you know, the night game, white, that be I, that's what I'm saying. I
1: want it at I, night. I want the fireworks. I want the white out. I want to see it.
0: Yeah. I want that. Pulled it out. Showed it to you. <laughs> Pulled it out, showed it to you. Oh, boy.
1: Be- <sighs> Dude, well, life without football is difficult, man.
0: It is difficult, man. There's I don't like
1: it. I don't like it, particularly when the basketball team isn't doing great. We're going to start our fade out with a three game I'm, winning streak, by the
0: way. I'm going to re reference at about the 41 minute No art, screw at-
1: fox around my shit list. Their whole big noon kickoff can, 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 uh, You know, get effed and their uh, their camera crew there, their little cord management. I'll be looking out. Listen, I will never forget that man's face. I will see him in 2023. We are not finished. I'm gonna rearrange the schnoz on that homeboy.
0: Coming well, somewhere these things go somewhere at the 41 minute mark. You said beautiful balls, very aggressively, beautiful balls, and then at the one hour, one minute mark, talking about slurping holes.
1: I didn't mean to say slurp in the poll, person. Oh. It just came out wrong. But that's
0: exactly what you said. <sighs> I, I write them down like every time, and then I. Well, we haven't been using the soundboard either. That's. that's you know
1: what though? It has been nice not having that echo. It's been great.
0: <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. All right. Like well, there you have
1: it. Well, I haven't had to go out and come back in.
0: Nice little Wednesday show. We'll be back next Wednesday, maybe before that if necessary. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in with us at damn near 10 o'clock at night. man. How about Ooh. that? But yeah, basketball game on, uh, is it Saturday? Against
1: Saturday. Indiana? Yes, sir.
0: Be a big win if they can get it. We'll give us something fun to talk about next week. But, yeah, we'll see how that goes. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We will see you guys on Wednesday.